Friends, before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a new guided journal from Sarah Powers, my friend and co-host at the Mom Hour podcast, and myself. It's called the Mother's Gratitude Journal, an easy guide to capturing everyday joys and milestone moments. And it's a beautifully designed journal with easy and fun prompts for moms at every stage of parenting who want to capture what this moment of their lives are like and maybe reframe some of the more difficult parts so they can find the joy amid all that chaos. So Sarah and I know that traditional Dear Diary style journaling can be overwhelming or just not that interesting when every day seems just like the one before. And this journal is the answer. No overthinking, just grab it, open to a prompt, and quickly record your thoughts and memories. The journal came out on March 5th, so this is a great time to grab a few copies to have on hand for baby showers, Mother's Day gifts, and of course, one for yourself. Just go to themomhour.com journal to find some links, or you can look at your local independent bookstore or wherever you buy books. Again, that's the Mother's Gratitude Journal, an easy guide to capturing everyday joys and milestone moments. How do you feel about the winter? Do you embrace the frosty air and darker mornings and earlier sunsets? Or do you find yourself gritting your teeth through it all and waiting for spring? I've definitely found myself in that latter camp before. But a few years ago, I realized I could use an attitude adjustment about this time of year. And I thought, who better to look to for inspiration than the people who live in Nordic countries like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Finland? In this episode of The Teas Made, we're going to explore a handful of Nordic principles for good living, specifically in the winter. From cozy huga to stalwart sisu, these words and concepts tell us a lot about the balance that allow northern cultures to thrive in harsh winter climates. So get your hot beverage and snuggle down under a cozy blanket, or maybe put on your boots and go for a walk in the fresh winter air. We're going to explore both of these approaches to happy winter living and more in today's episode of The Teas Made. Hi friends, you're listening to The Teas Made and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer, mom of five, and a lover of books, walks in the forest, cozy blankets, and of course, steaming cups of tea. This podcast is your chance to step out of the busyness of everyday life and find some calm and connection with cozy conversations about everything from natural wellness and self-care to creating comforting rituals and routines in your home and family life. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about beverages as well, including my very favorite beverage, tea. So take a moment to pour a cup of your favorite drink and pull up a chair. The tea's made, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Okay, friends, I am so excited about this conversation. This episode is dropping on the winter solstice, the shortest and darkest day of the year. And of course, at least in my area of the world, is really ushering in the coldest and grayest months of the year. You know, after grumbling about winter for a couple of decades or so, I realized that, hello, I live in a place that has four seasons and four full seasons. Here in Michigan, we definitely get the full experience of winter. So if I'm actively disliking or wanting to just kind of skip past one of them, it's sort of the same as wishing away a quarter of my life. And while technology like electric lighting and indoor heating and newer developments like grocery delivery and remote work, they can all make it seem possible to just ride out the winter mostly indoors without changing much about the way we live. 
but I believe there's a more intuitive and ultimately more healthy and fulfilling way to engage with these winter months. And no one knows better how to live well in the winter than people from Nordic countries like Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Finland. So today we're going to lean on their hard-earned wisdom, and I'm going to share a few of those principles and practices that people in Nordic countries use to thrive in the winter and all year round. So first I want to share that my fascination with Nordic cultures comes from a couple of sources. First of all, I'm about a quarter Finnish, which I didn't find out until I was pretty far into adulthood. But it's been really fun learning more about that side of my ancestry. And I've written a bit about that on my Substack, which I will link to in the show notes. Also, I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and that has a very large population of Finns and Scandinavians of all sorts. So these references were all around me growing up, but I really just started exploring these ideas and practices a few years ago. It's been so fun to find ways to incorporate them into my everyday life. I'll share some of the ways I'm already incorporating these principles today, but also some of the ways I want to start. So we'll get into all that in a few minutes. But before we do, I wanted to share what I'm sipping today. So today my tea is called Paris and it's a black tea. So usually that would mean it's caffeinated, but I am already quite caffeinated today. So I am drinking the decaf version. Now, this tea is so delicious. It's flavored with vanilla, caramel, and bergamot, and it's kind of sweet and mellow enough to drink straight, even if you think of yourself as someone who doesn't like black tea without milk and sugar. I would just give this one a try straight up. I got this tea at a local tea house called Apotheca Teas. It is in a town called Niles, Michigan, not too far from here. And my stepdaughter and I went there the day before Thanksgiving and had such a fun afternoon tea experience with little finger sandwiches and things. We also drank about three pots of tea each, and I went home buzzing that day, although this was the last one I had. I knew it was time to switch to decaf. Anyway, I just fell in love with this tea, and I bought some to take home. You can buy it from Apotheca's website, and I will link that up. I always support shopping small. I also think Harney and Sons make a very similar tea, or it might just be the same tea repackaged for my local tea shop. The ingredients are exactly the same, and it looks very similar in the photo. So anyway, I will link it up in the show notes. I would highly recommend having this one on hand for when you're in the mood for a flavorful, rich black tea, but also in a place where you could do without the caffeine. And by the way, I have been nibbling a shortbread cookie along with it, and it is the perfect combination. Okay, now let's talk about some of those Nordic practices for a happier winter. I've chosen four to discuss today, even though I know there are more. But let's start with the one that I think has gotten the most attention here in the U.S. That's Huga, or if you were just seeing it in print, you might think Higgy, but it's actually pronounced Huga. This is a Danish word that can be loosely translated to mean coziness or contentment. Often you'll see things like candles or comfort food being associated with Huga, but it's more than that. Huga is the idea of being happy with what you have and finding the joy in simple things. I wrote an article about Huga for a Michigan magazine a few years ago, and I wrote this. When I think back to my childhood, the hugaist moment I can remember is not a mug of hot chocolate on the sofa, though that was certainly wonderful too, but the feeling of lying in a snowbank bundled against the elements in the purple twilight of a January evening, knowing I'd soon be called into dinner. There's just something about the description of that memory that takes me back to a time when I was both in the elements, but also completely cozy. And this time of year, I think there's really something powerful and primal in that urge to go inward, maybe to resist extending our evenings with artificial lighting 
and just to let the rhythm of our day reflect what's going on outside our windows while we cozy up in our dens, just like the animals outside. So for us, that might look like using softer lighting or candles, going to bed earlier or spending more time snuggled up with a book, maybe eating warming foods like soups and stews. There's so many ways to infuse a sense of comfort into our homes this time of year in a very Hugo way. So here's some ideas that I have incorporated in the past and will be again this winter. One idea is right after you wake up in the morning, read or journal by candlelight while it's still dark out. Last year, I did this for the first month or so after Christmas. It was such a lovely ritual. It helped me begin my day in a quiet and calm state, which I really felt like I benefited from last January. So I'm looking forward to doing that again this year. I'm also doing a challenge through my yoga studio this January into February that is going to include 40 days of early morning meditation. So I plan to combine that with some cozy candlelit time. Um, I will say this year, my kids are driving themselves to school. Last year, I was driving them to school. So I had to kind of arrange my schedule a little bit differently. I believe I was getting up about a half hour earlier last year. I'm very fortunate that this year I'm really only with them for about 20 minutes in the morning and then they're off doing their day and I'm starting mine. So I'm not 100% sure yet how early I'm going to get up. But I think the idea is just having some quiet, calm time before you really jump into your day. And I might find that I still benefit from getting up, you know, 15, 20 minutes before they do just to get a head start. Another thing I've been doing for the last month or so and really enjoying is I kind of staked a claim on my cozy spot. I've only lived in this house now since May, but of course this was Eric's house before we got married and the kids and I moved in. So I had been hanging out here a lot, but I took the corner of the sofa that I had gravitated toward and it's basically mine now. I stocked it with all of the things that help me feel warm and snug. So I've got a bunch of throw pillows there. I always like to prop myself up with different pillows. I've got all my embroidery supplies. I've got a spot for my mug with a coaster, my reading glasses, some magazines and books, and a super soft blanket that Sarah Powers from the Mom Hour sent Eric and I as a wedding gift. But I will say it's basically become mine. I find myself drifting toward this spot a lot, especially in the early morning. It's where I watch the sunrise out of the huge window in our living room. And then again in the early evening after the sun has set and I'm starting to wind down. Right now there are Christmas lights. I will probably leave up some kind of fairy light or small lights. Um, after the Christmas tree comes down, but it's just very cozy in there and it really helps me settle. And finally, I am a huge fan of a warm bath. I do one almost every night around 7.30 or 8. I usually put Epsom salts and essential oils. I might light a candle or two and I've always loved baths, but I feel like now it's become just a practice or a habit of mine to go to bed a lot earlier. And that's really good for me in a lot of ways, but also taking a bath really helps me wind down. So I actually got a bath tray earlier this year, and that has been a really nice addition. I can prop my book up on it or put a drink there. I'm not really drinking alcohol close to bedtime anymore, especially on weeknights. So I'll often take a non-alcoholic beer in there, or sometimes I'll have a grapefruit soda made by Fever Tree. Really love that. Or of course, a cup of herbal tea. So there's nothing earth shaking about any of these things. The idea is just find a way to infuse coziness and comfort into your day. And the part that I think is really powerful is to work with nature and what's happening outside your window instead of against it. And for me, that just means orienting my life toward what nature is providing. So I don't really want bright lights on after six o'clock or so. Um, And I really want the lighting in the morning to be really soft and gentle too.
Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASEMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASEMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so now here's another one. So this is one of my favorites, but it's really hard to say. The word is relutslif. I believe I said that correctly. It is a Norwegian concept that can be translated as free air life or open air living. And people in Norway take this very seriously. There's actually a law that, again, I don't know that I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but relutsloven, I think. Um, that includes the right to roam. It is a set of rights that Nordic countries offer where you have pretty much unhindered access to the countryside. Of course, there are rules and guidelines around that, but it's called the right to roam. You're allowed to hike wherever you'd like. The outdoors is really seen as a major part of the lifestyle and the culture there. I am going to link up this article in the show notes, but I'm going to read a little bit from this article. It says, Relutsleaf is meant to convey a spiritual connection with nature. To modern Norwegians, it means participating in outdoor activities, but it also has a deeper sense of de-stressing in nature and sharing in a common culture. I love that description. One thing I have found really helpful in embracing the outdoors, no matter what the weather is, is to dress for the weather. There is a saying, there's no such thing as bad weather, only the wrong clothing or something like that. And I find that most of the time that is true. There's really not a lot of weather that I get here, even in the harshest weather and even way up north um, in northern Michigan. It's pretty rare that you can't comfortably spend time outside as long as you're bundled up. And I think we can get into the habit of running from our heated houses to a heated car and from our heated cars to a heated building. And we don't really dress for what's in between. So then we think, oh, it's so cold out. It's terrible. I don't want to spend any time out here. But if we put on a couple more layers or perhaps put on, you know, a good pair of gloves, hat, things like that, it would be a very different experience. So a couple of ideas that you might incorporate into your life to kind of embrace the idea of relutsleaf might be to, first of all, just start by dressing for the weather and maybe just ease in with outdoor walking. I did an episode a few weeks back where I talked about my outdoor walking routine and how I dress for it. I think that adding something fun like sitting outside on a bench with a hot thermos of tea or coffee. Speaking as an American, we can be very goal-oriented about things sometimes. And it's like, if I'm going for a walk, I need to accomplish this walk. But there's also a lot of benefits just to sitting on a bench in the fresh air and enjoying a beverage. So that's something that I am playing with, adding more and more to my regular walks. I'm also wanting to try some things that are a little more outside the box this year. Um, I have never been kayaking in the winter. I kayak from spring through fall. 
but have not ever done any true cold weather kayaking. And I know that comes with its own challenges and sometimes it can be dangerous, but it's also something that is accessible and that you can actually hire a guide to help you with. So that's something I'm looking into. Snowshoeing. Eric and I got snowshoes last year and we went out a few times, but I really want to do more of that this year. It's so fun and it's just a really different way to experience the outdoors on a snowy day. I would also love to try some cross-country skiing this year. I have not done that since I was a kid. And something I have seen come up on my Instagram a few times that I'm dying to try is forest skating. So there are multiple parks in Michigan where they've put a skating rink essentially going through the woods. So you can skate through the forest, which I think just sounds magical. And I'm hoping to try that out this year. But again, I think the overall principle is to get outside as a way to enjoy life as like a crucial part of living where you live, no matter what the weather is like. Dressing properly for it is a big part of it. I think having the right attitude about whatever weather you're facing and truly just embracing whatever it is, is another aspect. And maybe just not being quite so goal oriented, where in the winter, the outside becomes an obstacle to us getting from here to there the outside part becomes a big part of the experience. I just think that's a much healthier way for us to engage with the world we live in. Okay, this next one is a little more indoorsy for you. This one is called Fika. Uh, It comes from Sweden. And I'm going to read this to you from an article, which I will also link up in the show notes. Fika is a concept, a state of mind, an attitude, and an important part of Swedish culture. Many Swedes consider that it's almost essential to make time for Fika every day. It means making time for friends and colleagues to share a cup of coffee or tea and a little something to eat. So basically, fika sounds like a snack break, but it goes on to say fika cannot be experienced at your desk by yourself. That would just be taking coffee and cake. Fika is a ritual. Even the mighty Volvo plant stops for fika. All Swedes consider it important to make time to stop and socialize, to take a pause. It refreshes the brain and strengthens relationships. Fika can be a verb. Swedes will say to each other, let's go and fika, or you and I fika together so well. And the article says, often fika is enjoyed by candlelight, even if it's in an office or the corner of a factory. Can you imagine in the United States, (laughs) a factory stopping so that someone can have a snack by candlelight? It's hard to imagine. It says it's all about slowing down and finding time for friends and colleagues while you sip a drink and enjoy something small to eat. Okay, so reading this and learning more about what Fika is has really inspired me in a couple ways. This is not something that I have been intentionally practicing, although, of course, I love hot tea and small bites, right? But one thing I realized is that I tend to think of getting together with friends as something that has to happen during really specific hours. I don't know why this is, but If I was to get together with a friend, I might suggest breakfast or lunch or happy hour or dinner, right? But a mid-afternoon fika break really sounds so nice. First of all, it's in a part of the day that maybe isn't already taken up by something else. And it's also low pressure. You could just get together with someone for a cup of something warm and a little treat. It takes some of the pressure off of finding a longer block of time or going out during a busier time of day for you. Also, we could invite friends over for a mid-afternoon fika. So it's a great excuse just to enjoy that afternoon cup of coffee or tea with a friend. I've also been thinking about ways to incorporate the concept of fika into the afternoon tea I sometimes prepare for my teens. So Clara and Owen get home from school around 3.15, and the few minutes after they get home, that is a rare moment. Their attention hasn't been diverted yet to homework or gaming or texting with friends. 
And if I put a little thought into how I structure my day, I can easily plan 30 minutes or so to be fully present. And they really will sit and talk to me for as long as I want to sit and talk right after school. That really feels like a great time to get their attention. And I already do that sometimes, but I think what would make this fika, if I'm understanding the concept, would be the intentionality behind it and the idea that this is something we do every day. This is an important part of our day and it's worth taking a break for, both for them and for me. And of course, adding candlelight couldn't hurt. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASEMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASEMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at vionicshoes.com. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so by now you've probably heard that stress is bad for your sleep and bad for your body, but did you know the effects of stress can show up on your skin too? Dullness, dryness, and a loss of firmness can all be signs of stressed or tired skin, and maybe you're noticing a little of that after the craziness of the holiday. That's why I'm so excited to share a brand new product from my partner and favorite skincare brand, Osea. It's their new Collagen Dream Night Cream, an overnight bio-retinol moisturizer, and the first night cream that's been clinically proven to reduce the effects of stress on skin. Osea is a clean, vegan skincare brand, and this product leans on botanicals like blue-green microalgae, plant-derived collagen, wild lavender, and a super plant called King of Bitters to deliver real results that won't irritate your skin or add more chemicals you'd rather avoid. I have been using Collagen Dream for a few weeks, and now I won't even travel without it. It's a rich, hydrating cream that feels and smells wonderful going on, and within a few weeks of using it, I could already see improvements in my skin. To learn more about Collagen Dream and Osea's entire line of products, head to oseamalibu.com and be sure to use my code TEASEMADE at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's the code TEASEMADE at oseamalibu.com. Okay, so this next one is a philosophy or a practice that I hadn't heard of, but I love this idea. It's called Lillardock, and it's known as Little Saturday. It's basically the Nordic answer to hump day, and it's the idea of breaking up the monotony of a week by having a little holiday in the middle. And again, this isn't necessarily a super unique concept. Like I said, we do hump day in the United States. But again, I think with all of these practices, it's the idea that they become a sort of ritual and a mindset shift. I'll admit I often get kind of stuck in my weekday routine, but I just kind of keep pushing through. But novelty really does help with winter blahs. So I've been thinking about some things we could do to create a little Saturday of our own. 
when my kids are with me, maybe we could go out for hot chocolate after school or we could have a movie night. And then when my kids are with their dad, maybe I make a fun cocktail or mocktail for Eric and I to enjoy at home. Or maybe I'd go to a midweek movie all by myself sometimes. It actually sounds pretty festive and different and a great way to inject the week with a bit of newness. So Lillardog, I am excited about coming up with some ideas about how to incorporate Little Saturday into the middle of my week. Okay, I saved my very favorite for last. It's Sisu, and this is less of a practice and more of a philosophy or an outlook on life. Sisu is a Finnish word. It loosely translates to courage or resilience. I think that Finland has such a fascinating history as a country. Not only is this a country that spent centuries defending itself against takeovers from Russia and Sweden, but the winters there are so dark that in some parts of the country, the sun does not rise above the horizon for 51 straight days, late November through early January. So they're in the thick of it right now. So these are a tough people and they're my people, it turns out. So I really enjoyed learning about the customs and mindsets of the Finnish. And one of these customs that is getting kind of a lot of traction right now would be a cold plunge, like jumping into a freezing cold lake or ocean or rolling around in the snow naked or just taking a cold shower before a sauna session, which is also very much part of the Finnish culture. Those cold plunges supposedly have enormous benefits for our physical health and mental health. And I am fascinated, although I haven't tried it myself yet. I'm pretty tempted to give it a shot. But I think what's so fascinating about it is that Many of us living in these modern times have become so accustomed to comfort. I love comfort, but when I get too used to being comfortable, small discomforts start to feel bigger than they are. And so the way that I've been thinking about practicing developing my Sisu is to put myself purposefully into uncomfortable situations. That can mean a lot of things. So getting back to our conversation about walking outside, maybe it's going for a walk on a cold day, knowing that I'll be uncomfortable for a few minutes till I warm up, or maybe it's trying a cold shower. I know that's how a lot of people work their way up to a full cold plunge. And I will link to the Wim Hof method in the show notes. That's something I'm fascinated by. Maybe it's holding a yoga pose a little longer than I'd like to, or putting a little more effort into my workout, even though I don't love sweating. Um, It could also be something that's psychologically uncomfortable, like starting a hard conversation or challenging myself to stay present during an interaction with some extended family over the holidays. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. Maybe it's taking a breath before I rush to judgment, either with something I read online or even with my own spouse or kids. That is definitely something I could stand to work on. There are so many ways to practice doing hard things. And there's so much evidence that when we flex that muscle, it helps rewire our brains. And I think that's a big part of what Sisu is. It's really flexing that muscle toward being resilient. Okay, well, those are all the principles I wanted to share with you today. I actually just realized there were five, not four. I think I said four in the beginning. And then I got on a roll and thought, oh, there was a bonus in there. But I wanted to share one more thought about it. And that is that One of my favorite things about all these principles is that they actually work together to create a sense of balance. So it's easy to lean in hard on just one. Maybe you're really into Huga and that's great, but Huga feels a lot better if you're also embracing Freelutes Leaf and then add in some Fika and some Lillardock just to round things out. And of course, that all helps build Sisu, right? 
People in Nordic countries have learned to make the most of their dark and cold winters by both embracing the weather outside and by creating cozy rituals that wrap them in warmth and community when they come out of the cold. And to me, that sounds like a great way to live no matter the season, but especially this time of year. Okay, friends, that's all for this episode of The Teas Made. I hope you're having a very happy holiday season and that if you celebrate Christmas, it's a merry and peaceful one. Next week, I'll be back talking with writer and creativity coach Amy Swarty about developing a creative practice or just infusing more creativity into your life. It'll be a great conversation to help you plan for the new year. I also want to let you know that my year-long book club is about to kick off on Substack. We'll be reading the book, The Comfort of Crows by Margaret Rankle, and I have all kinds of activities planned. It's free to follow along with monthly posts on Substack and paid subscribers will also get access to private discussion threads and exclusive prompts and activities. That's going to start on Tuesday, December 26th, and you can find it all at meganfrancis.substack.com. That's M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Merry Christmas, friends. That's all for this episode of The Teas Made. You can find links to the products and other things we talked about today in the show notes for this episode. You can find that by scrolling down below the episode in your podcast app, or you can go to theteasmade.com and find all the episodes, plus resources, links to my favorite teas and books and other products, a link to my private community for women, and so much more. I share new episodes every Thursday, so please follow or subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And while you're in your podcast app, I would love if you'd leave a rating or review. It really helps me out so much. Okay, friends, that's all for now. I will talk to you again very soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.